right, guys, welcome back. Here we go to break down what was actually a very entertaining night of fights. Brunson versus Shabazian. Let me tell you what, it was a crazy 48 hours old. There was, what, like 10, 15, or about, about 12 fights on the card But when we previewed it last Thursday. From our previewing it on Thursday to fight night Saturday, we lost almost half the card. Four fights on the prelims ended up working out. Four fights on the main card. It was insane how it all worked out. Shabazian and Brunson obviously were still able to kick it off. There was an amazing fight card, nonetheless, only having eight fights. What did you think about all the craziness that happened? It was almost like one of the most like possessed cards ever. Like, holy shit. Like, besides it being an international fight week, I don't know of one card that's been decimated that close to fight week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's maybe they broke a record for those uh, cancel fights. I'm not sure, but I think maybe they did. But uh, yeah, a majority of these fights got like um, re rescheduled. Yes. Like so. Well, one so guy, Gerald Mershar, he ended up testing positive for the coronavirus. Yeah. His opponent didn't, you know, end up not being. You know, Trevin Giles fainted on his way to the octagon crazy situation it was actually uh they said it, it, it might have been something a little more serious so they're going to definitely take a, a closer look at trevin giles and our, our our wishes are you know go out to him and his family and you know just speedy recovery and hopefully it's nothing too crazy uh big mouth kevin holland who was his opponent is now fighting what in two weeks yeah he's yeah. fighting he's fighting he's fighting uh, the, the uh, paper august 9 yeah no, no, no. Uh, is, is it a pay-per-view? It's a fight night. No, it's not a pay-per-view. So he's fighting on Lewis versus Olenek. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. So they, they got him a quick turnaround. Uh, the other guys, I don't know exactly what happened with everybody else, but just crazy, crazy shit, man. Crazy, crazy shit. But the card was uh, was pretty decent. It was very good, actually. I mean, yeah. the eight fights that were there, we got a lot of answers that we needed to have answered. We yeah. got, I mean, some huge performances by guys who needed to have the huge performances. And we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. <clears throat> in the prelims, actually, the very first unanimous draw without a point being lost ever in the UFC was contested in the very first fight. Chris Gutierrez yeah. and Cody Duren drew, uh, had a draw in their fight. Uh, in my opinion, the game plan that Cody came in with, he knew that he was going to gas. He took this fight on short notice. He had to go in there and have an impressive first round. And that's exactly what he did. He had a 10 night round, uh, 10, eight round. He knew he was going to lose his stamina. Chris Gutierrez obviously didn't have a loss in stamina. He trains at altitude. So he was able to push through, you know, that first round. He, he decides, well, not decisively, but he clearly won the second and third round. But unfortunately, because Cody was able to dominate the first round and it being a 10-8, those other two rounds being 10-9s made it a unanimous draw. And the only time in UFC history we've seen that without there being a point deducted. A lot of people I saw in the comments said, like, we should have more draw than, uh, than this. Like, it was a good thing to have this draw. In some sort, like, uh, but I don't believe the people. I will tell you this. I don't believe because I know that if it happens in the main event, in a crazy five-round main yes. event, and people are rooting for, I don't know, let's say when one half they are rooting for Connor and the other half like they're rooting for, let's say, Habib, and it ends up a, a draw, everybody will start booing, okay? So oh, nobody, sure. 
Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah. No one's walking it. out of there. Listen, there's no one's walking out of the arena happy if it's a main event, championships on the line, and they threw a jaw. It's happened before. Obviously, yeah. points were deducted in those situations, but you definitely don't want it to happen in those type of fights. You definitely want a decisive winner. I mean, even sometimes they give it to the wrong guy still. Even Woodley against Wonder Boy, I think that the uh, yeah Bruce Buffer messed up like the uh, saying who won actually, but. Nobody was really happy to see it end up as a draw, really. No, not at all. And Woodley was visibly upset after that fight. Um, yeah. Funny that you mentioned that. I was just actually watching the first fight the other day. I was at the second fight. It sucked. Yeah, <laughs> that really was my is. first fight I was ever at. And I, that was like, oh, this is a disappointment. The first one but was great. I ended up going to some more fights, and I fucking love it, man. Yeah. Jamel Emmers in the featherweight division took out Vince Carrero. It, it was a very good performance by Jamel Emmers. He obviously was able to mix up his kicking and his uh, punches. He's got a very, very long reach, and it was something that he played into it. It was a close fight. Uh, uh, when you look at you know the total strikes landed, Emmers had 113. Vince had 121. But it, what the big difference was, was Jamel had 103 significant strikes strikes to only 78 for Vince Cachero. Now, the big difference in the fight, the really dramatic difference was the takedowns. Jamel was able to land and secure five out of seven takedowns, 71%, where he stuffed both of Cachero's takedowns. It was a really dominant performance by Jamel, and I can't wait to see him crack through that top 25 of the featherweight division. Yeah, why not? It was a good good performance. A solid fight, because this is the the actual fights where you have like uh, it's very dangerous and very easy to lose because it's some sort of an easy in uh, an even matchup. But you know, with those takedowns, he actually got yeah, those takedowns were big for for him. Like he got the, this decision when those takedowns were very important. No, for sure. He looked very dominant in that fight. I can't wait to see him again. Another uh, interesting decision in my point of view, uh, Johnny Munoz. Obviously got a point deducted, I believe, in the second for some going sharks. Uh, Nathan yeah. Mamanis ended up winning the unanimous or the split decision victory. In my opinion, I thought Munoz won the fight. I thought he won the first two rounds clearly, and and that really didn't matter what the last round would have done. Even if Manis would have dominated and got a 10-8, I still thought Johnny did enough to win those first two rounds. I don't understand what the judges did there. How did you score the fight? Uh, I actually scored it exactly like you. I thought that Johnny really won those two first rounds, and uh, I don't. I'm not sure because in some way I think that if he got the the stolen points for him, that that doesn't make Nathan the winner, or does it? It doesn't make it a draw. I, I so at, I was at, really surprised. At most, at least Munoz would have had a draw. I thought yeah. for sure he had the victory. Uh, very close fight still. It was uh, total strikes, obviously, were uh, favoring Manes, and then the significant strikes obviously favored Munoz. Two takedowns for Munoz, but a 16 attempt. So that obviously Nathan Menace has to hang his hat on that. He, you know, the, the constant pressure of Johnny Munoz, he didn't fold underneath it. He was in his face the entire night. Th- a good three round scrap. I'm not going to take it for Manis, but I had it scored for Munoz. Do you think that we should actually see more points deductions in uh, the UFC? There were so many groin strikes this weekend. I'm surprised that that was one of the only point deductions. 
And, yeah. and, and let's be for real. I mean, what are we taking points away? Are, are we, do we constantly have to tell the guy multiple times? I see. Okay. For instance, Pedro Cavallo or sorry, uh, Pedro Munoz fought, uh, John Dotson. He kicked John Dotson in the nuts like three times in one round and yeah. they never took a point away. If you hit the guy multiple times in the same spot in the same round, I feel like it's you have to take the point away. What is multiple times? Is it more than two or more is it than two, twice. three? Okay, so like for you, like once is an accident, twice I'm going to give you a stern warning. The third time you're done. Mm, I'm not sure. Three about strikes you're out of the old ball game. Literally. I feel like I feel like the in, in the second one you should get the, some points deducted because with the second like I poke or this or okay, but, uh, it, it, it may change the point. Strikes, what if it's a type of situation where the guy was moving into it? Now no, this is where <laughs> you need you need like professionals like her being. Okay, so so. Uh, so just one fight that pops off into my head right away. Juan Archuleta versus Pitbull. Uh, we were there. Yeah. It was a situation where uh, Juan Archuleta, bam, got kicked in the nuts. And it was, they were going to take a point. Or no, no, sorry. Pitbull got kicked in the nuts. They were going to take a point from Archuleta. But Pitbull stepped into it. So, I, I mean, do you really take a point from somebody who was just playing his game and then the other person stepped into it? I think you should you should definitely take it case by case, but maybe you're right. Maybe like even by mistake, you you cannot kick someone in the groin like three times by mistake. It should not happen. It should not yeah, happen. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you already succeeded. If you if you got a warning, you just need to be more careful with those leg strikes. Throw yeah. that shit to the calf, bro. You see all these goddamn calf finishes now. Yeah, exactly. Oblique kick all the day. Exactly. Uh, the next fight, we did not need the judges for this one. Jonathan Martinez decided to land one of the cleanest walking backward knees I've seen in a very long time against Frankie Sines. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Martinez was waiting for Sines to shoot in. He shot in at the right moment as Jonathan Martinez was backing up, and he was only inches from the cage. So it yeah. was at the last second. He threw the knee, bam, and landed right on Sines' chin. Finish the fight, man. Jonathan Martinez looked very good in that fight. I'm interested to see what he does at Bantamweight. Yeah, and he ended, like, the this third round pretty early. Like, it didn't take him, like, more than, uh, not even one minute in that third round to finish him. Yeah, so it was a great yeah, performance. I feel strikes. Significant strikes were one-sided for this fight. Jonathan Martinez, yeah. 79 significant strikes to Moon, or sorry, to Signs is 39. So we're talking about 40 40 that's a lot yeah i feel like jonathan it was the perfect fight like to end up the the with the prelims i feel like yes. yeah because you got us pretty like uh excited for what's coming next and what's coming next is pretty good actually well yeah well we expected to see at this point trevin giles and yeah. that's when he walked out and bam fainted it was a crazy situation i've actually never even heard of something like that happening as they're walking out you know what i mean Maybe not in the UFC, no. Yeah, not in the UFC. I don't even, uh, that's top of my head. I mean, basketball players, I've heard about that, but uh, just a crazy, crazy situation. So we started the main card with a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't call it excitement, but news. So it was just a crazy situation. 
We waited, we waited, we waited, and then we knew we were getting a banger next. Bobby Green, Lando Venata went in there. It was one of the best fights I've seen this year. It was the fight of the night. It won them both 50 Gs. A great performance. Listen, if Lando Venata and Bobby Green just want to keep fighting each other for like a best of five, I'm down. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we knew, like, before even watching this fight that there's no boring Leonardo, Lando Venata fight. There's, and there's no... The same way, also, he's in your face. We talking I, I, shit. I love his boxing. I, I feel like he's, a, one, he's one of the cleanest boxer maybe in this division. And it's a pretty tough division. His boxing is pretty clean. And, yeah, it was a great matchup. Like, I wasn't surprised by, by this fight at all. I was surprised with how many big punches were being landed that uh someone didn't fall I, I was really really surprised on that fact especially bobby green bobby green put the fucking work on lando but not 115 significant strikes landed on lando it was a situation where I really thought Bobby Green was going to put Lando out. Huge, huge compliment to Lando Bonato's chin. Obviously, we've seen it before with Tony yeah. Ferguson, and we see it again here with Bobby Green. The dude's got a great chin. He definitely belongs here in the UFC. I mean, he's a, an entertaining fighter. Bobby Green has just shown in, in two fights that he is the better guy. Bobby yeah. Green is a really changed a lot since joining his new fight team in redlands uh him and embers are on the same exact team those guys were able to fight together on this card uh darian caldwell is also out there he fights for bellator this was an awesome awesome experience for him and he's super humble you know he has a message for his kids after the fight and, and that's what I, I love to see with these guys especially in the lightweight division we don't get that a whole lot except for when you look at the champ and when you get these guys who are still brazen and brass and loud math but at the same time can be humble it's an amazing experience obviously he's there to enjoy his great mma career with his coach who he has you know said has been like a father figure to him and has really helped him evolve and we've seen this evolution of bobby green he looked great against clay guida looks great against lando venado here i get this man a ranked opponent are the so question they both of them were not ranked before this fight right i don't believe i believe they were both unranked this is how crazy this division are uh, is actually because this yes. division like is so stacked that Lando Venata and Bobby Green are not even ranked in this division. This is crazy. It's it's completely crazy, and that just shows the dominance of the champion. Yeah, exactly. You know, Habib Nurmagomedov is just ridiculous with what he does. For sure, yeah. Uh, what do you see next for Mr. Bobby Green? Like you said, I believe he should be fighting someone uh, top-ranked or someone close to this ranking. Uh, Gregor Gillespie, I would love to see him fight again. I, we, he didn't fight ever since he lost to Kevin Lee, right? Yes. He got, so he got I want, out. yeah, I want to see him back fighting. Uh, Islam Makarchev, I feel like the UFC cannot find opponents for him. So if Bobby Green is willing to take the risk and step up to fight him. He's more than welcomed. I feel like his striking may be something interesting against a guy like Islam. I wouldn't mind seeing Drew Dauber against Islam Makachev. And I wouldn't mind, if he can get a win this weekend, seeing uh, Mr. Bobby Green against Benil Dariush. Yeah, that would be that would be a very fun fight. Yeah, and that, That's a war right there between those two. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> now, next, man, uh, our good friend Vicente Luque went in there and just did the damn thing against Roundy Brown. Randy Brown hit him with some good shots. Vicente just continued to walk through those shots. 
Yeah. Four minutes and 56 seconds in as he held him up, he hit him with a devastating knee that completely folded Randy Brown and then followed it up with beautiful left hands with some very nice ground and pound. Vicente Luque has now shown a completely different level of himself. I am ready to see Vicente against some killers in this division. He has been calling for Masvidal for a long time. They're not going to give him Masvidal. I would love to see that fight, though. Uh, I'm not sure. I think that he may need like one or two more fights to actually get that Masvidal uh, op- type of opponents. But listen, Vicente is one of maybe the hardest hitter in this division. I feel like just ask, just ask Mike Perry's nose how he feels. Exactly. Like. Yeah, he's a fucking beast in this division. I wasn't surprised by this. I I, I call I think I called this out uh, last week. I said that Vicente Luque may be too much for Randy Brown, and he was too much for him because Randy Brown actually had a pretty good uh, performance, but yes. it's just too much. It, it was just too much. Like Vicente Luque, I feel like it, they are not on the same level. Vicente Luque is fighting fought someone that he's not on his level. Even with all his heart, Randy Brown, it wasn't enough. He really, he threw everything in the kitchen sink at Vicente Luque, and Vicente Luque literally just smiled at him and kept coming. I mean, yeah. Vicente really showed. And Randy Brown was talking a lot of shit. He he, he called Vicente Luque one-dimensional. If you don't think Vicente heard this and, you know, put that in the back of his mind, he showed you that he wasn't one-dimensional. He showed yeah. you that if he needs to, he'll get into a brawl. But, I mean, Vicente didn't get – I mean, he said it himself. He needs to work on not getting hit as much. You know, if he already realizes a big fault, the, the sky's the limit for this young man. Yeah, and I, and I, I really think, I really think, I said it before, I really think he could beat Tyrone Woodley. I think Henry Hoof has figured out how to beat Tyrone Woodley. Listen, this is like the perfect perfect chance for him to fight against Tyrone Woodley, who's on a two-fight losing streak, if I'm not wrong. Yes. It will be, it will be perfect for him. He will be the perfect opponent for him, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to end up being Colby. Versus Tyrone Woodley, but I would love to see Vicente Luque versus Tyrone Woodley right now. I think that's the fight to make. That's fi- that's the fight for Vicente Luque to actually pops up and really climb the ladder. That's what I think. With this performance, man, Vicente ended up winning another $50,000 performance of the night bonus. If you have not seen this finish, check it out. YouTube, UFC, whatever you got to do to figure it out. ESPN Plus, Vicente Luque was one of the nastiest knockouts I've seen. Very nasty. How he held him up, he was, you know, because, you know, guys, with the new unified rules, if he has one hand down on the mat, he's a down, he's legally a downed opponent, and you cannot legally knee him. Vicente Luque had enough ring presence and fight IQ to know that, hold Randy Brown up, deliver the knee from hell, followed up with the laughs, man. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah, like there, there is like if you think that you will have one hand on the ground and you can escape those, he, he will just help you back up and knee you to the face. Like this is how dangerous Vicente Luque actually is. Yes, the the fight IQ obviously yeah. off the charts. Yeah. Uh, women's flyweight co-main event Joanne Calderwood before this fight was coming in already guaranteed a title shot against 
Valentina Shevchenko for the women's flyweight title. She put it all on the line against Jennifer Maya. And in four minutes and 29 seconds, Jennifer Maya made her realize that she probably made one of the biggest mistakes in her MMA career. Jennifer Maya goes in there in arm bars. Joanna Calderwood, four minutes and 29 seconds into the first round, now solidifying herself as the number one contender and the very next opponent for Valentina Shevchenko. I want your thoughts on Jennifer Maya's performance against Calderwood and what you think about her possible demise against Valentina Shevchenko. Because it's not a great thing to be the number one contender in the women's flyweight division. Well, I'm not sure about any of them having a chance uh, against Valentina. And I think that we made this point clear, and I think everybody knows it. (laughs) We, we should let's not debate about that because there's no debate. Let's talk about uh, uh, Calderwood. I actually want to say some stuff about uh, Calderwood. Her fight against Caitlin Caucasian, if you remember, like she had the fight between her hands, and in the third round, she she just starts uh, doing this with her thong and doing this shit, and she end up losing the fight. So she thought in her head that she was... There's something not clear in her head because in that Caitlyn Caucasian fight, she thought that she was winning where she was actually losing. Then she won a... by clearly, a split deci- clearly yeah. losing. Clearly losing. Then she won by a split decision. So it was a, another close fight. And now she, uh, she lost with a, with a beautiful armbar from J- Jennifer Maya. Now my question to you is, how the fuck can a fighter who actually lost one fight then won another one by split decision, be the like unanimous number one contender. I didn't get that, and I still don't get the it. The only reason why she was a unanimous number one contender is because Valentina Shevchenko has already beaten everybody else above no, her. Not a reason. Give a rematch to someone. Not a yeah, reason. But does anyone deserve a rematch at this point when they look like it was a one-sided domination for Valentina? Well, well, uh, let, let me tell you something. Jessica if, I, Jessica I literally got her head taken off. Fucking Caucasian got submitted. Uh, I yeah. mean, let, let, let's go down the list. I mean, I there agree. hasn't been... Joanna Janjancic honestly looked the best against her. And that's a straw weight. Yeah, but uh, now... Uh, when we're uh, talking K- about women in flyweights, obviously Amanda Nunez looked the best. Yeah, Caucasian won against those two fighters... Yes, yeah. she lost. Yes, she lost to Valentina, but then she won against her sister. So I'm not sure why they should not like bring that. Like, there's something you can build up, like a promo and shit like that. She won against her sister. She wants her back, back. You know. Yeah, but do you think just beating Antonina is enough to fight Valentina again? Well, well, you better uh, beat Antonina, and you better go fight somebody else. Cynthia who? Calvillo. Oh yeah, maybe. Cynthia maybe Calvillo Cynthia. is technically the number two in the division, isn't she? This division is this division is not making really sense right now for me. I feel now like we have a little more clarity, correct? Jennifer Maya is the number one contender. She has proven it. Yeah, she's proven it, and she's the one on the. She's next on her list. Like Goldberg used to say in those WCW promo, like you're next. She's next. She's next for Valentina and, and Calderwood we, initiated the takedown, knowing yeah. Jennifer Maya was a black belt. That was what really threw me off. I was like, where? How, why? <laughs> her like her name is that. Maya. She's Brazilian and you her name I mean? is Maya. You don't take her down. What the fuck is wrong with you? Her name is Maya. You know that she will be submitted. Her name is Maya, man. No. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Has looked very good since joining the beautiful. UFC. She was the former Invicta 
flyweight champion coming to the UFC. She's looked phenomenal. Exactly, I agree with you. And she deserves this spot, but uh, we all know what will happen. Now, with Jennifer Maya, obviously she has lost Caitlin Kukajian, the young lady who you speak of next. Do you think that that is going to be a, you know, like, a dark cloud over her number one contendership? For me, yes. 100%. For me, yes. For me, yes. I just think you really like Caitlin Kokajian. What's up with that? I'm not a, no, not exactly. I'm not a huge fan of Caitlin or something like that, but it's just what I feel like. If someone, she defeated both those fighters, I feel, I don't see how they should, like, one of them leapfrog her. That doesn't make it, that doesn't make too much sense for me. I feel you. I feel you. I'll give you that one. No. Jennifer Maya, though, is the uh, number one contender, and that's what yeah, it no, is. Just, we know that Valentina will smoke them all, so they will all get that. Peace from Valentino, okay? So, yeah. That will happen one day. Yeah. Now, in the main event, Derek Brunson proved that he is not a stepping stone and that he is here to stay in this middleweight division. He made Edmund Shabazian look elementary, and he really drug him into waters that he wasn't expecting. Why Edmund Shabazian was not fucking 100% focused on wrestling and his cardio for this fight is beyond me. Why he thought he was going to get Brunson out in the first round like he was Israel Adesanya is beyond me. He should have no. Look, Shabazian hits like a Mack fucking truck, okay? Yeah. The dude exerts a lot of power when he strikes. If he just worked on that cardio a tad and fucking had enough cardio to go the full five, or sorry, three rounds. It was even a five-round main event. If he had enough cardio to go the three rounds, I feel like it would have been a completely different fight. Brunson, though, credit to him, took his wrestling serious, took Shabazian down, used obviously the kickboxing that he has now, you know, gotten from his hoof and the utilage that he's gotten from them. He's been with uh, over there at um, what the hell do they call it? They call it Samson or some shit like that. But it, it's uh, it's fucking Kamar Usman and all them down at uh the black zillions the black zillions yeah yes so now he's down there with them and he's really looked good in his i think it's like three three fights he's been over there ever since he lost to adesanya he went over there yeah he's looked good he's looked real good man i really am interested to see what is next for him if you watch this fight you've seen that he was able to stay calm uh, Shabazian hit him with some big shots, some real big shots that would have put out other middleweights. Obviously, you've yeah. seen what it did to Brad Tavares. He took him out, no problem. Brunson ate the big shots, can utilize his wrestling, which was very important to get Shabazian's gas out of there. You know, he was able to secure four takedowns out of eight. And when Brunson's on top of you, that's a big boy, and it's hard to get off. Yeah. When he was able to get Shabazian down, he was able to hold him down. He really controlled all three rounds you can tell at the end of the second round shabazian did not want to come out of it yeah. the doctors came in and checked on him and you could just tell his body language like he, he put his head down and he would he just wasn't there he wasn't excited about the fight and he didn't want to be there anymore yeah i agree with you and, and i it like sucks the... to say that because the young kid yeah. unfortunately they might harp on him. sorry i'm going to cut you off but they might yeah. You know, jump down his throat for that. It was just a situation where maybe he, it's not that he wasn't ready, but the ranking said he was ready. 
Yeah, the, the people will talk, okay? Yeah. You win, you lose, people will shit all over you, okay? So, uh, f- fuck the people. They, you should never listen to the fans or the shit like that. Fuck, we, 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 fuck me and fuck you, you know, because we are also going to talk shit about people. This is just the truth. But listen, I like something that you point out about uh, the, compar- the comparison that you say, you did with between this first round and the first round against Adesanya. Even Adesanya, who is maybe the more gifted striker in the UFC right now and one of the most gifted strikers in the history of MMA, yes. he he took his, his time against Derek Brunson. He didn't Very like... Patient. Very patient. You know why? Because Derek Brunson is a dangerous fighter. You don't want to go in those brawls with him because he can knock you out. And this is what happened. Derek Brunson is no joke. I liked how he had this, this gold hair. Reminded me of Shelton Benjamin from WWE back then. <laughs> the gold standard. Yeah, but this Shelton Benjamin is dry. I, I loved it. And uh, I thought uh, I saw that Ariel Hawani gave an advice to DC. Told him that you should paint your hair gold because do that's it, what you need to do. Do it. Do it, DC, for your last fight. So, yeah. And listen, I was so happy because I called it out la- also You're last right. week. I said right. Derek will win. I like how sometimes fighters I did. Get I did call that Jennifer Maya fight. I just want to point that out. You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And uh, I like how Derek Brunson, you know, maybe that's what Edmund needed. He needed to get a little it, bit for, for real. Yes. Yeah, that's what he needed. That's what it he needed. Literally, everyone's like jumping him off the bandwagon, like he's not going to be phenomenal. Still, he's eleven and one. There's a reason why he was eleven and no. The kid is going to take more from this loss than he would have if he would have beat Brunson. Yeah, exactly. So he learned a lot. I think that he saw, and we also where are the where are the issues when it comes to his game plans and what in his uh, abilities. I think that's there's nothing that he cannot fix. I think that everything can be fixed. With a little bit oh, of time, sure. and uh, the the guy is gifted. The guy is very talented. You can He's see even two yeah. years old. 20. Even in this fight, yeah. Even in Think this fight, you see, yeah. He's very young. You know what I was doing at 22? I was raising a kid by myself, being a dickhead still. <laughs> like, I didn't have anything like planned out. I was fucking trying to figure shit out on the fly, like. Edmund Shabazian is doing the damn thing at this point in time. Yeah, at 22 I was doing nothing, actually exactly. nothing, nothing special <laughs> in my life. And he's making he's making history. I feel like because he's very young and yeah, he can even and I'm that's not what I'm saying that he should do. But if he thinks that he needs it, he could do it. He can like step uh, step back for one year, works on sure. all his abilities, and come back stronger. He can do that. There's so much shit that he can do, and uh, yeah. I'm and happy for Derek Brunson. Make money doing grappling tournaments and shit like that. You know what I mean? There's still money out there to be made. Exactly, and I'm very happy for Derek Brunson. I feel like everybody yeah. counted, counted him out. Everybody was saying like he will lose, and he won. And you know, but Walid. Yeah, I believed in him, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to see. I feel like it was good for Derek Edmund, of course. A loss will never be better as a win, but even this loss is not bad for him. No, not at all. For the young Shabazian, Derek Brunson has made himself a contender still. I would love to see him versus, like, the winner of Yoel and uh, who's Yoel fighting? Yoel versus whoever the fuck Yoel's fighting. Yoel's fighting? Yeah, he's fighting in a couple weeks, isn't he? No, 